This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All right, back in here on The Fan, Jonathan Beetle and G. Bush. Let's go out to the North Olmstead. Chrysler, Jeep Dodge, Ram Hotline, one of our favorites. Chris Fedor, Cleveland.com, joining us here on The Fan. What's up, Chris? What's going on, guys? How are you? Good. How was your break, even though I know it's not really a break because Donovan Mitchell still did a lot of things? It was a wonderful break. The fact that I just did not have to be in Indy, the fact that I didn't have to travel, the fact that I could be home with my wife and my son, it was everything that I needed to uh, get through the final grind of the season. Yeah, and it, you know, it's it's funny that you put it that way because uh, I, I've been thinking a lot about what that grind is for the All-Star yeah. game and, and some of these players and everything. And, and I, I think it kind of came up within the All-Star game conversation, so we'll start there. I, 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 I gave Donovan and a lot of these players a pass because – when you go and you've gone, to, I'm sure you've gone to the NBA All Star Game in the past, where you you get mm-hmm. like the the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, yeah, all <laughs> the endorsement deals, all these parties you have to go to, all these things. You know it, Chris. By Sunday, these guys are they're spent, they're 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 exhausted. They're just like I, I don't want to do the game. Yeah, that's the thing about All Star Weekend, right, guys? Is that the game itself is is not what these guys look forward to. It's not what these guys care about it's not what the weekend is even all about it's the culmination of the weekend for sure but it's all that other stuff that goes into it um the media day the events that they do with their shoe stuff the events that they do um just around town to embrace the community and all-star saturday night has been the big thing not so much the all-star game itself so it truly is an event you look at the game and it's just an afterthought at this point yeah, I I thought Donovan and a lot of other uh, other players looked disinterested in, in you know the game, um, mm-hmm. which it, it couldn't be you know it could be worse. I, it, it makes me think that he's more <laughs> interested in the Cavs, you know, trying to you know get a number one seed. Like I feel like Donovan Mitchell from the time of the year, first time of the year when we talked about him possibly being traded or whoever said he was getting traded, he's mm-hmm. done a lot to uh, re-ingratiate himself by the way he's played. Um, and I think he's made a lot of people forget about being traded. Is is that – do you think a lot of fans are buying into that now? I certainly hope so because since Donovan arrived from Utah on that blockbuster trade, he's done nothing but embrace this community, embrace this team, say all the right things, and do all the right things. You know what I mean? Like – in the first two years since he became a member of the Cavs, last year was a career year for him across the board, and this year he's been even better. He's been an Eastern Conference All-Star starter. He's been an Eastern Conference All-Star reserve. He's empowered his teammates. He's led the Cavs to 51 wins, and who knows how many they're going to get 
Um, this year, he led them to their first playoff appearance um, in five years. So he is doing everything that, that pertains to winning basketball. And that's what it is about for Donovan. Um, for all the things um, that he cares about off the court, and he has interests off the court, there's no doubt about it. He has done um, everything on the court that you would want a superstar to do. And he's done everything in the community that you would want a superstar to do as well. Um, so I'm not sure what else he can do short of actually signing a contract extension um, to let this fan base and let this organization know that he is all in on them, um, certainly for the time being. All right, I'm going to set this up, and I'm going to try to do a good job doing it. So if you have any questions, just kind of play with me for a second here. All right, Chris? Okay. Uh, so I, I, I keep seeing things for the Lakers in the future, and they're trying to find a way to – you know, make a life post LeBron while also being competitive. And the two names that uh -huh. keep getting brought up is Trey Young and Donovan Mitchell. If Donovan decides that he doesn't want to be a member of the Cavs, does LeBron owe Cleveland anything in regards to considering the idea that uh, maybe Donovan Mitchell's untouchable because uh, he doesn't want to cut the Cavs down at the knees? Or is it just LeBron just only worries about LeBron and that is what it is? Yeah, he doesn't have to worry about the Cavs anymore. He left the Cavs. He did what he did for the Cavs, um, everything that he needed to do for this organization. Now he's a member of the Los Angeles Lakers trying to make that organization the best that they can possibly be, trying to allow him to further his career, compete for more championships, um, enhance his legacy even more. And if he gets the sense that there's an opening for another star player to join alongside him, I don't think he's going to say, hey, Rob Polinka, don't go target Donovan Mitchell because that would be a bad thing for Cleveland and that would be a bad thing for the Cavs. I certainly cannot see LeBron having any kind of thought of, of that, um, and, and I don't think he should either. Um, it's a business. It's a cutthroat business, and it's all about championships. Um, just like for Donovan Mitchell, it's about championships. It's about championships for LeBron James, too. Do you feel like Cavs fans would be disappointed in LeBron if it worked out that way? No, I don't think so. I would hope not. Um, because, like, LeBron is not the GM. LeBron's not the owner. Of course, he's going to have say in, in what happens with that roster, and he's already had say in what happens with that roster. But I, I don't think Cavs fans should have any ill will if down the road, Donovan Mitchell happens to get traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. But let's put it this way. The Cavs are not in the business of helping the, the big market Los Angeles Lakers by taking back their scraps simply because Donovan Mitchell or some other player um, may, may find it appealing to play for the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, Chris, um, you know, one of the, the, the major developments that uh, happened during the first part of the season is that we found out that Donovan Mitchell was pretty good at being the leader of the attack. Yeah. You know, they kind of, you know, changed the way they played, uh, you know, going with one big and four out, shooting a lot of threes, mm -hmm. uh, pushing the pace. Um, has it been a little difficult for Darius Garland to kind of, I guess, assimilate into what they're doing now because he's used to having the ball and used to dribbling and, and being a creator. Um, and do you think that he will have to take a, I guess, a different or a lesser role moving forward, uh, given the way that the style that they're playing right now? Guys, it has been difficult on Darius. It's been difficult on Darius 
for a variety of reasons. Number one, every time it feels like he's starting to get into a rhythm and starting to play like himself and starting to feel really, really good, something else happens that derails that. If you remember at the beginning of the season, he was dealing with a hamstring injury. It took him a while to get over that. And once he started feeling like himself, feeling like a part of the team, feeling like in rhythm, his old all-star capable self, he bashes his face into the hip of Kristaps Porzingis, and he has a fluke injury that sidelines him for six weeks, has him eating out of a straw for four of those weeks, unable to do any kind of conditioning to, to stay in basketball shape for four of those weeks because the doctor said he couldn't raise his heart rate. So that's part of why it's been such a wonky season for Darius, and he's had a hard time you know, finding his place within this team is because this team has has been without him for more games than it's been with him. The other part of it, guys, I think it's just natural, right? We can sit here and we can say that Darius or any player that we're talking about has the best intentions, um, wants to fit in, wants to do things to benefit the team and make the sacrifices that are required for this team to be great, right? Everybody wants to do those things, but doing them is not, easy. You don't just snap your fingers and go from a ball dominant high usage guard to being super comfortable playing off the ball like Steph Curry or Clay Thompson, right? You have to grow into that. You have to get reps with that. You have to get different kinds of opportunities throughout the course of the game to understand how to best be effective that kind of way. Darius Garland has been a point guard since he could walk. Darius Garland is used to playing a certain kind of way. This organization had a modicum of success with Darius playing that way and now telling him, hey, man, like you've got to change your game. He's trying. He's doing everything he can possibly do. He's getting off the ball. He's moving without it. Um, He's trying to um, pass the ball a little bit more so that he can um, fit in with this style where everything is making decisions quick and the ball is moving and they're passing at the highest rate of any team in the NBA, not named the Indiana Pacers. But it's just not going to be seamless because he hasn't played that kind of way for um, much of his NBA career. You know, Chris, it kind of feels like the the core four, the importance on each one of them, and I don't know, maybe it's just Jared Allen playing as good as he has in the past couple months. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's shifted a little bit. Uh, does it feel that way for you as well? No, I think it's just shifted temporarily. Okay. Um, I, I think they found a style that was very, very effective for them um, at a time where both Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, two of those core four pieces, um, were sidelined. And, And I don't think anybody wants to do anything to disrupt that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. But I think if anything, you know, Evan Mobley coming back wants to enhance that and Darius Garland coming back wants to enhance that. And for all the conversations about Darius Garland doesn't fit with Donovan Mitchell and it doesn't look as pretty as what you would want it to, and who knows if that's a long-term solution for the Cavs, Darius and Donovan together, when they've been on the court, despite the fact that Darius has not been the Darius that we know he's capable of. And despite the fact that majority of those minutes with Darius and Donovan together on the court came at the beginning of the season when the Cavs were still trying to find themselves and still trying to figure out how to blend in new pieces and match their new system with their old system and all those different circumstances. Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell together, when they're on the floor, they're outscoring opponents by nine points per 100 possessions. As a duo... That is better than Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. That is better than Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. That is better than Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. That is on par with Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic, and some of these other great tandems that you want to throw out there in the NBA. So even though both guys, in some ways, are still figuring it out, and even though the Cavs, in some ways, are still figuring it out, they are still a great team when Darius and Donovan are on the court together. So I don't know that the long-term hierarchy has shifted or anything along those lines. I just think the Cavs went on a run at a time that both of those guys were out. And since they came back, they only lost one game. Yeah. So it's not like those guys have been disruptive to what the Cavs were doing. Chris, the advanced numbers love Donovan's defense right now. Do you love it the same way or is it being overvalued a little bit? Well, I love it to the, the, the extent that he is, fully committed on that end of the floor. He understands the reputation that has been attached to him. He's giving the kind of effort that you would want from a superstar. And look, if he's going to be in a starting lineup that does not include Isaac Okoro anymore, because it doesn't, because Darius Garland's back and Max Struess is now the starting small forward, like Donovan's going to have to take some of those matchups, right? Max Struess is going to have to take some of those matchups. Darius is going to have to take some of those matchups. You have to have a desire to do that. Um, and, and Donovan is showing that kind of effort. He's showing that intensity. He's showing a level of physicality. Um, and somebody, it's so funny that you bring this up, Jonathan and G. Bush, because uh, somebody from out of town was in the locker room um, following the Toronto Raptors game. And it was very close to the all-star break. And he mentioned that he thought Donovan should be defensive player of the year to Donovan, by the way. (laughs) And Donovan was like, wow, well, thanks very much. I mean, Rudy is a great defender. Listen to this guys. Like somebody's talking about my defense. They're not talking about my threes. They're not talking about my dunks. They're not talking about my scores. This guy over here is talking about my defense saying that I should be defensive player of the year over Rudy Gobert. And like Donovan loved that because he understands the reputation about him as a defender and he has definitely made a commitment to that will it hold up in a seven game playoff series when he's asked to do so much on the offensive end of the floor I think that remains to be seen Um, but you give him a lot of credit for the way that he has defended but we're not going to 
start giving him defensive player of the year, putting him on all defensive teams or anything along those lines. Well, listen, I, I, I will say this. He, he, he has dedicated himself to, uh, you know, the uh, offense and defensive side of the court. Yep. Um, I got a question about the rotation. Um, you know, it's kind of tough now. Uh, you know, usually, you know, in the playoffs, <laughs> you know, when you you want to tighten things up, you play eight guys, right? Yeah. And you get a guy like Sam Merrill who uh, it just looks like he's a knockdown shooter. And you're like, man, right. how can I find more minutes for him? Or, you know, you look at Karis LeVert, who's the sixth man coming off the bench, or George Niang mm-hmm. and Isaac Okoro, to me, has been pretty much, I think, the most one of the most improved players in the league especially the way he's defending multiple positions and shooting the ball. How do you find, like, you know, is it a hit or miss, or do you just have to play who the hot hand? I mean, they all of a sudden got eight or nine guys that nine, yeah. ten guys can play. Like, what, how does JB go about figuring out that, that lineup? Guys, I think he's still trying to work through that, and and I don't know what the perfect solution is. Uh, the The thing, I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of people around the NBA about this specifically. And the only solution that I can come up with, because there's just so many minutes to go around, and many of these guys play the same position, right? The guard spot or the wing spot or something along those lines. And it's like depth was a problem for the Cavs last year. They had the 28th-ranked scoring bench in the entire NBA. It showed itself in that first-round playoff series against the Knicks. The Cavs bench was completely overmatched against New York's bench. But, like, that has become a strength for this team. Suddenly they're in the top half of the NBA in scoring. Sam Merrill doing what he's doing. George Niang making an impact. Karis LeVert in the conversation for sixth man of the year. You know, Craig Porter Jr. was a revelation. Tristan Thompson, when he was on the court, was better than I think a lot of people thought he was going to be. He was making an on-court impact just as much as he was making a behind-the-scenes impact. Dean Wade going from starter to coming off the bench. He's become an elite on-ball defender, and he contributes to winning at a high level. Like, he's in two of the three most important Cavs lineups so far this year, just based on pure metrics. So a weakness has become a strength, and, and I think JB has to continue to understand that, and he has to continue to believe that, and he has to continue to trust this bench. And I think the best solution for him, honestly, is just to take a few minutes here or there from each individual guy and hope that that adds up. So if that means Donovan going from 37 to 35, if that means Darius going from 34 to 32, if that means Karis going from 30 to 28, if that means Isaac going from 28 to 26, like they cannot afford based on how they want to play and based on how dynamic he is as an offensive weapon and the attention that he commands every time he takes the floor, the Cavs cannot afford to take Sam Merrill out of this rotation. They cannot because he has enhanced this offense. He has raised this offensive ceiling. And that's problematic to me from JB's perspective. That's a problem that he has um, limited the amount of time that he has gone to Sam Merrill and he has determined in his own mind um, and we'll see if he's right or wrong on this, but he has determined in his own mind that there are certain matchups that are not favorable for Sam, and he's not going to play him consistent minutes in them. And I think it's really, really um, risky to just go into a situation and, and say, you know, if, if you don't have it in the first half, in that one stint that I give you, I'm going to go away from you. 
because you have to keep confidence with Sam Merrill. You have to keep confidence with Dean Wade and all these other guys on the bench because there are going to be times that the Cavs are desperately going to need them in a seven-game series in April. And if their confidence level is what it was for Dean Wade, for example, last year in the first round of the playoffs against the Knicks, then you're not going to get the version of the guy that you got in the regular season that was so impactful to the Cavs winning 18 of 20 during one stretch. So I get it. JV has a lot to juggle, but, but that's one of the things that I think Cavs fans have to pay attention to. And JB has to pay attention to in the final 29 games. It's one of the most important aspects to me of the remainder of this regular season is keeping everybody a part of it. That has been a part of it. Uh, Chris, we've got a couple minutes left here. I, I just want to quickly, Shaq was giving advice to Damian Lillard about being too soft with the Bucks. And I was thinking about it in relation to the Cavs. I, I don't know if the Cavs are, are too nice necessarily, uh, but I think without Donovan, maybe you could have made that case. Uh, do you feel like this team at times, with if you didn't include Donovan, is a little too soft, a little too nice? I don't think anybody wanted to come out and say that, but I think the moves that they made this offseason pointed to that. And, hmm. and I think it was pretty clear that the front office saw a lack of physicality, a lack of toughness, a lack of playoff know-how, if you want to put it that way, in the first-round series against the Knicks. Because who did they go out and get? This offseason, they went out, they got Max Struess, they got George Niang, and they got Tristan Thompson. You want to take a guess at who the three players on this roster are that have the most playoff experience? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tristan Thompson, George Niang, and Max Struess. <laughs> So it was clear to me without the Cavs wanting to say, hey, like, we need an edge. We need a toughness. We need guys who understand playoff basketball at a different level. We need guys who have more of a readiness than maybe Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, Darius Garland when it comes to understanding playoff basketball. Um, and, and I think you have seen it show itself um, throughout the course of this year. Like Max Struess is one of the league leaders in technical fouls because he plays with that kind of fire and that kind of passion. Tristan Thompson is never afraid to mix it up with anybody. George Niang might be at the top of the NBA in terms of dudes who trash talk the most. <laughs> so, yeah, it was pretty clear that the Cavs saw um, a, a big-time weakness in that department, and they addressed it this offseason and give them credit for addressing it this offseason. And, and with guys who also... Um, bring those things, but happen to fit in the locker room as well. Chris, fantastic insight as always. Uh, we appreciate you giving us a few minutes and being generous with your time, and we'll catch up with you later. Thank you. All right, Chris. You got it, guys. Anytime. All right, good stuff right there with Chris on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. We come on back. Are the Cavs a little too nice? Do they have those tough guys that Chris was talking about right there? And we'll get to Mitch Please coming up in about 25 minutes as well. It's Jonathan Beadle and Garrett Bush in for Ken and Anthony with you guys right here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.